You are listening to a best of series only on Lance J Plus. again um, like David Meyer was just walking by and he said literally just being pictured with you scares the bejesus <laughs> out of everyone uh, so I'm here with with Ed Baker and Mary Inman from Constantine Cannon I'm not even going to try to extrapolate what they do I'm going to let them tell their story but you know but kind of think Aaron Brockovich you know think think whistleblower uh, we were so much in the in the in the blogosphere about what we've seen with OIG and what we've seen with CMS and, and where you see um, organizations that are having issues with submissions or maybe overpayments and Medicare Advantage. You know, this is the, the Landshade Radio Network HealthCast. It's very interesting to have people with legal backgrounds and that really understand the, the back end of, of all of these different issues that happen from a legal perspective in healthcare, and, and I know that you're a global organization, um, so you have expertise not just in the United States, not just in managed care, but have a global perspective. So it's just, it's fantastic to have uh, you two on the show. I've been really wanting to get you two to, to come on. I appreciate you sitting with me. We're at the RISE conference in the Intercontinental downtown Los Angeles. Uh, so just a very excited, Ed, Mary, to, to talk to you both. And um, Mary, I can see the look on Mary's face. There's going to be a lot of laughs. It's going to be a very entertaining segment. So if you're listening um, on uh, on KIXI in Seattle, or you're listening on our Atlanta affiliate or our DC affiliate, I think you're about to be really entertained for the next 20 minutes. Uh, but just thank you for coming on the show. Can one of you give me, to make sure that I'm saying it right, a synopsis of what Constantine Cannon does and kind of what your core competencies are? Sure. Thank you so much for having us on the podcast. We love HealthCast. We're big HealthCast fans, so it's great to be on. Um, Great to have you. We um, have a practice in Constantine Cannon that focuses on representing whistleblowers. Um, In the United States, we are very fond of whistleblowers, particularly the federal government likes to pay whistleblowers for bringing them information about healthcare fraud. So our practice specializes exclusively in helping whistleblowers who not just go after Medicare fraud, that's what we're here talking about today at RISE, but also there are lots of other agencies like the SEC, like the CFTC, like the Alphabet. And see, those are all bad acronyms. <laughs> so it's just, it's not SEC like Alabama football. We get into the Securities Exchange Commission. That's bad. You know, when, when, when OIG, OIG has guns, you know, they're, 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 <laughs> They're not. They're they're the feds. Like they're they're coming in with, with with the heat. The the 45 calibers. It's just. I've been in healthcare a long time, and you know this is the risk adjustment space, the star space. I tend to believe. I've never worked at a plan. I've worked at six plans. 
uh, over the last 20 years. I've never worked at a plan that was intentionally fraud, uh, in, invested in fraud, where they had policies where they were trying to build the government. But I've worked at a lot of places where the claim system wasn't all that up to par. They weren't getting accurate claims. You weren't doing proper review on the prospective and retrospective programs. And I've worked places where you definitely have had codes that went through that we had to take out later. But there's so many places that don't have those controls or those policies and procedures. So when you have people like you, what is the delineation? What is the line of demarcation between fraud and negligence? Yeah, well, that's a good question. That's, a, you know, the trillion... See, that's why I get paid the big bucks, is to ask the, <laughs> the, the little bucks, is right. to ask the, the big questions. But I'm, I'm, very, I'm very curious, because the CMS care if they audit someone or if someone calls whistleblowing, or people calling in whistleblowing complaints that, hey, my manager's telling me to submit codes that are upcoded deliberately, or are they calling in complaints saying that we don't have a good audit protocol in place and we're not doing deletes? Both. Interesting. I mean, under so so we use the cases we bring on behalf of whistleblowers, and whistleblowers are the underdogs of the healthcare system, right? They are people who become aware of what they believe to be fraud. Typically, their managers don't listen to them, don't correct the problem yeah. adequately, right? And so then they and that's when you cross the threshold for being negligent. Right, right. To fraud. So, but it can't just be. You know, under the False Claims Act, and that's the main statutory enforcement tool that we use okay. with the help of the government. Okay. Um, it can't just be mere negligence. It can't just be a mistake or an accident. It's got to be something more. It can be. It can be a failure. So is it a systematic pattern of behavior? Is it documented? The yes. The government looks for patterns. They look for. Uh, you know, reckless disregard, right? It can be merely reckless disregard where they know, someone knows there's a problem and they, they ignore it. So it, this gets to motive, and I totally agree with Ed. One of the things that we were talking about on our panel today is that when, when we're dealing with people who are in the trenches on risk adjustment, the people who are making the claims, helping deal with the filings to the Medicare program, right. they are often t um, approached by the CFO who are saying, look, I see that risk adjustment is a huge moneymaker. Right. Couldn't you just crank up that dial a little right. bit for us? We need six basis points. Those are the sorts of things. And I've been, I've been there. I mean, that's my life. And um, it was always above board. It was always... Um, within the construct of your, your quarterly business review meetings. But there's a lot of pressure to, to bring in revenue. You know, like you said, basis points. Um, there's so much lifeblood in risk adjustment. You know, the ability to get a six-point spread from the previous year is major, especially some of these larger plans that are multi-state. Um, there's a lot of pressure to, to um, perform. I think the worst conversations I've had, and i got to be careful, I've been at plans because I'm a very audit-heavy guy. And I came up under uh, really good leaders that understood the importance of audit, that understood the importance of integrity. Coming to a new plan that's never had audit, that's never done a delete, and having to sit your CFO down and explain, I've got to delete $12 million in stuff that I know are bad codes, that's always a difficult conversation. Now, I've always had the hammer to do it. I've never had a CFO say, you cannot do this. And if I did, I would have immediately quit um, because I'd rather get fired for doing the right thing than get fired for doing the wrong thing and being on the cover of the paper uh, five years later. But that's a difficult conversation to have from a cruel perspective. If you come in and say, I've got to delete 15, 20 million dollars because we haven't been doing it over the years, it's the right thing to do. But it's a difficult conversation to stimulate. 
I would say that it's a difficult conversation to have, and I would say to your CEO, it's an, a more difficult conversation to have when you don't correct these right, known correct errors, it. and then you have the HHS OIG agents right. coming and the U.S. attorneys talking to you. That's, so that's going to be a you, bad day. We, as our moderator today said, do you want to pay now or later? Want to pay now or later? <laughs> it's, like, it's just like I always liken it when I'm talking on uh, radio. I liken it to your taxes. You know, if you if you're a 1099, you could technically not pay your taxes. You could underfile or, or kind of juke the stats. You might be able to get away with that for a year or two years. But eventually, the the, the IRS is going to rain down hard on you. They're going to freeze your accounts. They're going to levy your money. Um, they're they're going to mess with whatever assets you have. And is it worth it to not pay a few thousand dollars on the front end to have to pay a hundred thousand dollars on the back end and potentially go to jail? You know, potentially face fines and sanctions. Now. Tell us about, so when people engage with you, are you both attorneys? We are. Yes, yes. And you're in the D.C. area, correct? I'm in our San Francisco and London okay, offices. So in, I split okay. my time, and Ed is D.C. I'm in D.C. Okay, so you're the actual attorneys that do the representation. Do you represent the whistleblower himself or herself to ensure that there's no retaliation from the organization, or or do you then in turn represent the companies that are are, are perhaps on the the CMS OIG list? Like who who do you represent as far as from a panoramic view? We exclusively represent the whistleblowers who are bringing claims of healthcare fraud. So we don't um, ever represent the alleged perpetrators. Okay. And we bring in, sometimes we bring in additional counsel if, if there's retaliation against one of our clients. If there's retaliation against one of our clients, we bring in additional uh, counsel to work on those specific employment problems. Okay. Now, what, what are some of the examples of, of retaliation? Have you is there is that something that's prevalent? Is there retaliation? Is it more bullying? Like what happens? So if I'm if I'm at a health plan and I feel that there are some nefarious activities going on and, and I reach out to Constantine Cannon, um, what are some of the things that I could be subjected to as an employee? And and do those does that um, do people reach out to you from the quality department? Do they reach out to you? From um, from grievances and appeals, what are what are the departments that you usually get reached out to from? So I'll start with uh, what retaliation looks like, and I'll give you uh, where they're coming from. So what retaliation looks like? I feel like um, whistleblowing, retaliating against whistleblower is as old as the medieval times. It's right. as old as shooting the messenger. We shoot the messenger. But in the medieval times, they could burn people at the stake. And, that too, and but they shoot the it. messenger to divert attention right. away from the message, and also to send a signal to future employees right. that this is what happens to you if you blow the whistle. So retaliation can be as subtle as um, we're no longer inviting you to meetings, to being denied promotions, to being terminated. Now, um, how is a, an attorney are you able to set up a system? So let's say that, that, and I think I've seen this happen in my career uh, where there are people, before I was in management, not happy with what was going on, uh, particularly, I don't think it was risk adjustment, but it was actually some of the, the medical side um, as far as, you know, some of the specific rubrics that were tied to value-based care. I uh, thought that there was some funny business going on. Um, the SIU unit, somebody filed an issue and, and when they became a whistleblower. I don't feel like they had retaliation, but it was a very tense situation for them. They stayed with the company. Um, it actually found out that what they said was true, and um, they, there were there were some changes made and people put into new positions uh, that were leading those departments. But how do you protect that individual? Because, for example, if I stop inviting someone to meetings, 
how can I how can you prove that systematically that that's retaliation? It's one thing if I'm bullying them and you know from the boss and I threaten them and say you're going to get fired, or I move them out of their office and move them downstairs to the basement, like on office space, you know, when the guy was in the basement with the rats and the roaches and stuff like that. But what about the less overt uh, microaggressions? How how do you manage that and how do you document that? So you've now um, hit the rub. You've sort of gotten to the rub of the fix of what is really difficult about proving that retaliation, that someone has taken action against you because you spoke up and tried to expose something versus sort of um, did you not fill your um, expense report in on time or are you chronically late? And so a lot of that has to do with how proximate in time the um, speak up is to the retaliatory action. Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are to the Blanche J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. Did you know that 12,000 people are turning 65 years old every day? Many seniors will no longer be able to age in place and will need to look for individualized solutions. Upside Home is a personalized service for older adults that provides a gateway to independence and social experiences. Members choose how and where they want to live. Then their home manager connects them with services, anemones, and community events that promote overall wellness. Learn how Upside Home helps older adults age in the right place by calling 954-504-6122 or visiting UpsideHome.com. It's electric, made extraordinary. Ingenuity in motion. It listens, learns, adapts, and anticipates your every need. With intelligence that feels anything but artificial. The EQS from Mercedes-Benz. It's the car electric has been waiting for. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. You know what? I didn't tell you this, Slants. I went to Hampton. What? What? Yeah, I went to Hampton U. You went to Hampton? Yup. Man, you, we've been doing a show together for a whole year. You just pull it out that you went to Hampton? I never went to class. I was just uh, partying. So you, so you enrolled at Hampton? James Lewis. You didn't I actually, enrolled at Hampton. You didn't actually go to Hampton. Well, I had a couple of good friends. They all went to Hampton, but and I was just sleeping on their couch, so... I went to some of the classes. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.